Welcome everybody to the One Up Formula Podcast. It's your host Morgan J. Ingram here, and y'all, we have a fantastic guest. So if you're listening in, you should listen all the way through because the knowledge that's about to be dropped here is about to be crazy. Real quick, I want to show some love to one of our sponsors, Lessonly, and I love their motto, by the way do better work which is what our podcast is focused on here and what they do over there lessonly is they have a readiness and training software for high growth sales teams so go check them out on their website lessonly.com and much love to you guys so who do we have we have Hala ta and and let's break down like what she's doing over here so she's the host of a podcast called young and profiting Top 50 podcasts, over millions of downloads. So if you haven't tuned in, now is the time. Uh, she also recently just went off on her own with Young and Profiting. So major shout out to her on that. She'll probably talk a little bit about that before we get into the meat of this interview. And then also as well, she used to work at Hot 97 on the Angie Martinez show. So we're going to dive a little bit about that because that, that's like super intriguing. And she also started a blog site, The Sorority of Hip Hop. So I feel like we got to we got to talk about that, too, because that's also insane and also nearly snagged a couple of reality shows, too. So, y'all, this is an incredible guest we have here. And as you all know, we dive into what are they doing outside of their work and career to be successful. So we're really diving into the habits. Bahala, we are super excited to have you here. Anything else that you want to add before we go into the show? That was such a lovely introduction. So no additions needed. Hi, Morgan. I'm happy to be on the show. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I had a question for you because you were on Hot 97. Yeah. Who is your favorite rap artist and why? <laughs> well, um, I think now my favorite artist is French Montana. My boyfriend's actually Harry Fraud. He's a very big hip hop producer. And that's my longtime boyfriend of over 10 years. And that's his main artist. So I'm always hearing French Montana songs all throughout the house. So uh, <laughs> that's definitely my favorite artist by default. <laughs> Do you have a favorite song by French Montana or is it just is it is what it is? Uh, I like A Lie. Um, it's with okay. The Weeknd and French Montana. Okay. Nice, yeah. nice, good stuff. Yeah, I was, I was curious. I was like, she's, she's got to have a, a, her artist in mind. So, with that being said, let's dive into what this interview is about. So, first and foremost, the first three things. What are the three things that you're doing outside of your career and life that helps you be successful in all the things you're doing so far? The three things that I do outside of my career that helps me be successful. Number one is I work out. So I have an extremely busy schedule. I, you know, I just left my corporate job, but previous to that, I was working full time. I had a top podcast and I had a marketing and podcast agency, which is what I'm doing full time now, Yap Media. And so my life was extremely hectic. I also have a relationship. I also have a tight knit family and I had to spend time with everyone. Um, But even though I was very stretched thin. I always try to find time to work out because I believe that working out makes me stronger, makes me smarter. It actually makes me think better. And I'm more productive when I build that time into work out and I feel better about myself as well. And I feel less sluggish. So working out is key. I know this is an advice that people hear time and time again. People may be sick of hearing it, but you got to work out. You got to get outside. You got to get that sunshine. 
and you got to, um, you know, put in the time. Um, and even, you know, there's a lot of people out there that do work out and there's a lot of people who just don't and, and they never get it. But the reason why you're feeling sluggish, the reason why you're feeling depressed or unmotivated is probably because you don't move your body. So I would say number one, move your body, right? Especially now in a, yeah. in a, in a virtual environment, people are just sitting here on zoom, not yeah. moving, not doing anything. I would even recommend to take a mock commute. So a lot of the times when people worked full-time jobs, we used to take a commute, right? So I used to live in Brooklyn. I used to travel to New York City and take the train 45 minutes. And just that 45 minutes of walking to the subway, hopping on the train, you know, trying to catch the next train, walking to work, that's some exercise and that's getting outside and that's getting sunlight and that's kind of triggering you to start your productive day. We don't have that anymore. You wake up, you roll out of bed, you hop on the computer, most of us, right? Unless you work like a service job or whatever. But we don't have that commute. So I recommend taking a mock commute. Go walk around the block first thing in the morning with nothing else but your thoughts and and just take a walk around the block and pretend that you're doing a commute to a get a little bit of exercise b get some sunshine get that you know endorphin rush from the sun and um you know try that out to kind of trigger your day to trigger your work day um so I, i would say that is number one um number two is i really try to have meaningful relationships especially in covid uh we're losing that sense of connection and so having connection is more important than ever and without a social life it's very hard to stay connected and to to get that oxytocin is what it's called and that's essentially the love drug and it it makes us feel connected it's the source of all uh communication and, and collaboration it's this uh it's called oxytocin it's a hormone or something in our bodies so we need that and we have a lack of that in covid and i would say clubhouse is how i've been getting my my uh fix on that shout out shout out to clubhouse yeah, a clubhouse has saved my life in COVID. Like I was feeling so, you know, isolated. Like I, I'm such a social extroverted person. And so it's been really hard for me. Like I love mm-hmm. being around friends. I love being at parties and events and like getting to know people. I'm, I'm that type of a person. So clubhouse has given me that sense of community again. It makes me feel like I did attend a social event and I really get a rush of oxytocin. So I would say making sure you go out of your way to have meaningful connections and relationships. And I would try clubhouse in this environment since, since, you know, it's COVID. The third thing I would say is a positive mindset. Um, I'm all about affirmations. I'm all about the law of attraction. I literally have manifested so many things in my life already. And every time I'm in a positive mindset and I'm really strict about not letting negative thoughts into my head, that's when I achieve like massive success. And so it's positive affirmations and also believing that life is limitless, Um, believing that anything is possible. And if you know exactly where you want to go, write all of those things down write them in a journal, say them every single day, record it in your phone and play it while you're driving, like all these positive affirmations about who you are and what you hope to be and truly believe that it's possible. And if you do those things, you will take subconscious actions to work towards your dreams. And so those would be my three things. There's so much greatness in a lot of things you said. Um, I'm a huge believer in affirmations and writing them down. Uh, for most people, if you think that's pixel dust <laughs> or, or you think it's not real, it is because uh, Harvard study, 32 
you achieve 32% more of your goal success rate if you write it down. That's mm. facts. Go check it out. Like, that's a real study. So if you're just thinking it will happen and you're not writing it down, you're missing an opportunity for more success. Uh, but yeah. I want to go to the first point because we went on a lot of different ways. And I want to go back to the working out. Extremely busy schedule, packed, probably 12 to 18 hour days. So yeah. how are you fitting this in your schedule and how do you make it a priority? Is it in the morning? Is it afternoon? How long is it? Yeah. What's going on? So I try to work out at I try to work out every day for 45 minutes and I typically work out right after work. And again, I, I'm, I'm that type of person who I like to have like pivoting points throughout the day to like mark when certain times of my day are over. So mock commute in the morning mock, uh, marks my start of the work day. After mm -hmm. I'm done with my commute, it's time to work, right? Then right after Do you after color work, code these? Do you color code these on your calendar to know when the pivot's happening or you just know? I do block it out on my calendar, but I don't okay. color code them. Got but it. like okay. mock commute, just walk around. I literally, I'm in the suburbs of New Jersey staying with my mom this month. <laughs> so walking around the cul-de-sac, getting a little <laughs> bit of sunshine, drinking my coffee, sometimes walking my dogs. You know, you could do, if you have dogs, you could just yep. walk them and there you go, right? You knock two, two things out at the same time. And then I start my work day. Uh, for working out, I typically work out around 6 th 6.30 to kind of mark the end of my formal work day. Now, half my team's in the Philippines, so I end up hopping on calls around 9, 10 p.m. Mm -hmm. But 6 p.m. is actually a great time to work out. I interviewed this guy. His name is Daniel Pink. And there's certain times of the day that are really con conducive to certain activities. So first thing in the morning, you're, you're very alert. You're very analytical. You want to get done the most difficult things of the day around 2 to 3 p.m. Um, after lunch, that's like a slump period, right? Mm -hmm. He calls it the trough period. Um, and, and basically, like, that's when you should be checking email or doing, like, really mundane things because you have no energy at that time. And so you should do, like, the thing that requires the least amount of brain cells. And then around 4 or 5 p.m., you get really creative. So you should be doing as many creative things as possible. And then after that, you have like a physical boost of energy. And that's mm. why I work out around like 6, 7 p.m. Um, and then I feel energetic for the rest of the night. Like I said, I have a super busy schedule, so I have to work at night. And so it gives me that extra boost to kind of like push through. I have some dinner. And then I typically have to hop on more calls around 9, 10 p.m. Uh, to talk to my team overseas. So that's my typical day. So... That is really interesting on that breakdown. And so that six o'clock period, is that just due to how our bodies work? Is that just due to how is how does that work? Dive a little bit more into that because I'm I'm intrigued. Never heard of that before. I don't remember exactly. I just yeah. know that I I think I'm not sure exactly what it is. I just think mm -hmm. that we have like the motivation to work out at that time. Like I said, like around four or five, you get like really creative and then you get a burst of energy right after that. So I'm not, I'm not sure exactly why. Um, and it definitely varies. Some okay. people are morning people and some people are night people. And so, you know, if you're a night owl, your schedule is not going to be the same as me because I wake up early every day, right? So yep. this is my schedule as an early bird. You know, if you're a night owl, you might have like a very different schedule. Um, a lot of uh, night owls, when they wake up, it's actually the least productive part of their day and that they should do their mundane stuff first thing in the morning if you're a night owl. 
Um, and so they have a bit of a different schedule. But if you guys are interested in this, I would highly recommend to check out Daniel Pink, The Science of Perfect Timing. I actually had him on my podcast. I think it was like around episode 50. Mm -hmm. I don't remember the exact episode, but check it out on Young and Profiting. It's such a good episode. Yeah, absolutely go check that out. There sounds like there's a ton of nuggets in there and I'm going to go check it out myself. And I have a follow-up for you because when you talked about working out, you said, hey, it makes you stronger and think better. Think better is interesting, but I want to bring that back. So were you always a person that worked out or was there a certain event that happened that made you start working out this religiously, religiously as part of your schedule? Yeah, I've been working out since I was probably 17 consistently. Um, okay. So I started decently young. When I was growing up, I used to be really into soccer and I was like a, a like travel soccer, all that stuff. When I got into high school, I did stop playing sports. I got into like music and, and being in plays and singing and stuff like that. And I also like didn't get on the cheerleading squad when I tried out. And so like I got like discouraged and I didn't do sports anymore. And I gained a lot of weight. I was actually my heaviest in high school than I ever was in my whole life, which is funny. I'm like lighter than I was in high school now. Mm -hmm. I wasn't like fat, but I was like 118 pounds and I'm like 5'1". So that's like... A you know, heavy for somebody yeah. who's five one, but I wasn't like huge. Mm -hmm. But yeah, once I, uh, you know, when I was 17, I started working out, going to the gym. And then I just tried to keep that habit. And again, it's all about like your lifestyle. It's, it's not a chore for me to work out. I've trained myself to now I feel like crap if I don't work out mm -hmm. and that like I'm doing a disservice. With COVID, I did like 2020 was probably the worst year of my workouts. Uh, probably for everyone. <laughs> yeah, like I like really, <laughs> I think like three months I didn't do anything at right. least. And I was just, just kind of gave up. Um, I'm really, like I said, I'm extroverted, I'm social and I love to do group workouts. And I used to host parties and stuff when I was younger. And so being in a group workout with some cool music and doing yeah. kickboxing and like, you know, I like to do like choreographed moves. That makes me feel like I'm back cheerleading in college or I'm back in the club. And like, that's really fun for me. Yeah. And I didn't have that anymore. And like, COVID prevented me from having that. So um, I really had to get in the groove. And then now I found a couple online classes that I really like. And that's kind of helping me now. Um, Barry's online is great. And, right. and then I have some other like cool class that I like. So I would say it's definitely been harder. But uh, you can get in the groove if you put in some effort. Yeah. And I think for everyone listening, there's such a, a lot of great insights there is finding someone accountable that you can do it over Zoom with, right? Yeah. Classes that you just said, right? And making sure it's an environment. I'm the same way. I used to go to a music festival and a concert like every other weekend, right? And used to have group workouts. And so like not to have that, you're like, yeah, I guess I'll just chill in my apartment, right? And just like, yeah. we'll wait till it gets better, I guess. So yeah, I love that you have those different examples. And I want to drill back into a point and then I want to bring up the the think the thinking smarter part because I think that was such a great point you made in the beginning. You mentioned that you were like, all right, I'm not really as healthy as I'd like to be. At 17, you consistently started to work out. So when you made that decision to start consistently working out and you felt like you were overweight at that point, was it because you looked at the mirror and said, I need to change? Or was it because there was external factors that made you change and other people were saying things? 
I think it was internal. I think I just didn't feel like as attractive as I wanted to be. I would put on like my tight jeans and have like a muffin top. And I just felt like it wasn't me, Mm -hmm. like that I really wasn't on the outside who I was on the inside. And I just wanted to be in alignment with who I really was. And ever since then, like it's been so easy to just always be in shape because I just don't let, I don't let myself get to that point. Like if I feel like my pants feel tight, I'm like, okay, like, you better hold off on the Doritos, Holla. Like, <laughs> like Wait, I don't do, oh, shout out to Doritos, point. though. They're dangerous. <laughs> I love Doritos. <laughs> What's your favorite? Nacho, the nacho ones. Yeah. yeah I like all same. Doritos. I'm like such like a snack. I love snacks. <laughs> well, so do you really on the point, though? Because now we're talking about working out. Now we're talking about snacks. But what is your favorite snack? <laughs> I'm like, just, I, I, like I said, Doritos are fun. Cheez-Its are fun. Cake, White chocolate, cheddar. brownies. I like all that. I'm like a junk food. Not, I, I eat decently healthy, but I'm, I'm okay to like <laughs> cheat. Cause I feel like I do work out and I do do good things. And then if I feel like having whatever I want, I just eat it. So basically if you're trying to get Hall's attention, send her Cheez-Its, Doritos. <laughs> <laughs> now you guys know. <laughs> I kind of sponsor snack magic for a reason. <laughs> I love it. So you said think better. So talk a little bit about this. Most people, when they say they work out the obvious, make them stronger, it it's better for their energy, but you said to think better. So are you working out and reading, right? Are you working out and then you have a better idea after? Talk to us. No, about no. There's some science behind this. I don't know the exact science, but it really does actually make your brain neurons like stronger and talk to each other better when you work out. And I especially feel this way with like choreographed classes. So I do like kickboxing, cardio kickboxing and Zumba, that kind of movement, making your like, you know, following moves in a class and all of that, that makes you mentally stronger. Like you Mm -hmm. end up being more productive and more smart. Um, I can personally, like I, in high school, when I wasn't working out, I was like doing bad in school, like not terrible, but like once I started being consistent with working out, it's like also like everything else in my life started to elevate too. Mm -hmm. So I don't know the exact science behind it, but there is science. um, And I've heard it multiple times that working out actually makes you smarter think faster, better decision-making, that kind of stuff. All right. So if you want to get a promotion, if you want to get good grades, you should be working out. (laughs) If you just want to be a a well-rounded person, like (laughs) I don't understand how some people just never work out. Like I just don't get it. I don't get it either. Like, and the thing is, is that like, it's all about time blocking and time management and being like, all right, cool. 45 minutes, 30 minutes, something. And you mentioned even walking around, like, I recently got a personal trainer about four weeks ago, a new one. And one of the activities on Saturday is literally it's just walk to the park. So I'm like a walking distance to a park for me. And like, that's the exercise. And we sometimes just forget that it's not going in there and working out for two hours and trying to be, you know, an Olympian. It's just get your body moving so that you're able to, out of all this advice that you're getting here and the stuff that you obtain and all the things that you're getting, you can actually do the stuff, like, yeah. right? Like you want to be able to enjoy your life. You got to be doing these small things. Yeah, completely. So let's talk about positive mindset here because you mentioned affirmations, you mentioned law of attraction. 
I want to go into the affirmations piece. You said you get up early. So how early and are you writing your affirmations as soon as you get up? How does that process work? Yeah. So now I'm like my affirmations are so ingrained in me that mm -hmm. I don't have to proactively do that. But I used to do that. Right. Okay. And so uh, I wake up like now that it's COVID, I used to wake up at like 6am. Now that it's COVID, I'm trying to get more sleep because sleep is also super important. And mm -hmm. it's important to get like eight hours of sleep. So I try to get my sleep. And I, sometimes I wake up at like 8am. So I don't wake up super, super early. That's mm -hmm. relatively late compared to when I used to wake up. But we have an excuse. We have COVID. We don't have to wake up super early to catch a train anymore. So I get my sleep. Um, and the way that I like the way that I handle positive affirmations is that it's like ingrained in me throughout the day. Mm -hmm. And I just don't let myself go to that negative thought. And all throughout the day, I'm kind of pumping myself up. I'm telling myself that I can achieve my goals. I know I've written my goals down before. And so I'm always thinking about them. There's people that set reminders on their phone and they basically like put a note to with their affirmations so that like in the middle of the day, they'll get a reminder to say their affirmations. There's people who record their affirmations on the phone, which is something mm. that I used to do. And when I would drive to work, I would just play it over and over and over again. Um, now I've gotten to the point where I believe in myself so much. Like I believe that I am the next female Tim Ferriss. I believe that I am the next Oprah. And just every action that I take represents that belief that I am going to succeed and there's really nothing that can get in my way. And I just like manifest everything that I want in my life. And it's because I've practiced positivity and positive affirmations for so long mm -hmm. that like negative thoughts don't really get in my head. And no matter, even if you're a huge influence in my life, if you spread doubt on me, you know, I had a situation where somebody that I loved really deeply didn't support me in my decision to leave Disney and really mm. gave me a hard time about it and really, really just made me feel miserable for two, three months mm -hmm. when I knew I should have left months ago. And this person like just kept telling me I was ruining my life and kept telling me that like, I don't know what I'm doing and that I'm going to regret this. And mm. how could you leave your stable job? It's so selfish. And, but in my heart, I knew that I'm, going to be successful and I'm not mm -hmm. worried about it. Like I know my destiny. I know what I'm capable of and I'm not worried. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it was really hard for me because it was like somebody that I really loved was like not in alignment with who I wanted to be and who I know I am. But at the end of the day, I had to make my own decision because I just know myself and I know what I'm capable of. And already the universe is showing me that I made the right decision. And so um, I guess the hardest thing about positive affirmations is A, trying to convince yourself that you're mm -hmm. worthy of everything that you want and B, trying to zone out all the negative people around you. Um, because even your loved ones, they do it out of a place of love. But a lot of the times they have their own fears, their own insecurities, and they try to project that on you. Yeah. And so for me, it's like I didn't leave my my corporate job and really beat myself to the ground trying to make it all work. And still progress what I my dreams while handling this big job that I had at Disney, mm -hmm. um, and I only stayed there for so long because I had this person, you know, basically telling me that I was ruining my life if I made if I made the decision that I knew in my heart I was supposed to make. So like, try to just zone yeah. that all out because I feel like I'd be even further ahead if I had just trusted my gut and not listened to someone else. Yeah, I mean, I I feel that a lot. It's 
when you know the vision and you know where you need to go and you feel it. And then other people, like you said, they could come after that. And I felt the same thing. I started making Facebook videos, motivational videos right after college. I told my parents, hey, I'm going to go be a public speaker. And they're like, what? <laughs> you did not graduate in that? There's no way that's happening. And I was like, no, I'm going to do this. Right. And that's parents. And but I knew that it's what needed to happen. And it's led me to be where I'm at today and all the different accolades that I've gotten. And it's just so important to do that. And it sounds like you you felt like that was a betrayal to some degree because that person probably knew how capable you could be. But maybe for themselves, they're like, well, yeah, I want you here at this organization because I do see your talent, too. And I, that's what I'm feeling based on that story we're telling there. Yeah, like I feel like, you know, sometimes people, first of all, they're they're coming from a place of love. Mm -hmm. But again, you can't take advice from someone who hasn't been where you want to go. Mm -hmm. So all my mentors who are huge podcasters, who are TEDx speakers, who are the types of people who I want to be, you know, when I quote unquote grow up, I'm already grown. But like, you know, five, <laughs> 10 years from now, yep. they're the types of people I want to be. All told me like, Holly, you have it in you. You're going to do it. Like you got to quit your job. You got to quit your job. You got to quit your job. Like you're, you're, you know, you're losing the opportunity. This is your time. You got to quit your job. And that's what all my mentors would tell me. Yep. But then the person who spent every single day with me, you know, maybe they felt like they were going to lose me. Maybe they felt like, you know, I wouldn't be the same. And, and they were projecting their own insecurities on me. And you know, it's really difficult. It could be parents. It could be loved, like, you know, spouses. Mm -hmm. Like, it's always the person who's closest to you that will do something like that to you. Yeah. And I, my advice to everyone out there is that, like, at some point, you need to be willing to just go off on your own, at least temporarily, to do what you need to do for yourself. Because other people will hold you back like crabs in a bucket. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it. that's just... That's just the reality of life. And so like, you'll definitely have moments in your life, especially if you're going to be an entrepreneur or like take a road that's like not fully paved out, you know, not 100% certain people are going to doubt you, but there's so many successful people out there and it's possible to achieve your dreams. And you can't let anyone put their own negativity or self-doubt on you because not everyone's advice is worth listening to. There's plenty of people, even though they love you, it doesn't mean that their advice is worth listening to. And so you need to be able to filter out good advice versus bad advice and know how to make your own decisions. Yeah, you know, I absolutely love this. And it there's so many just great points in there. And it all comes back to the positive affirmations because be, you believed in yourself because you had been saying these, writing them out recording which that's a that's a that's a hidden nugget that i think y'all might have missed that like she was playing her recordings as she's commuting to go where she needs to go so now subconsciously she has this belief and once you have the belief others will see it and the others will attract that energy which i feel like something also isn't talked about enough which is having the right energy but you only get there from the affirmations and so yeah. i want to go back to when you were writing the affirmations how did you go about that? Was it one affirmation, three affirmations a day? Did you put it on your phone? Was it every single day? It's helpful for a lot of people out here who want to start doing this. Yeah. So basically when it comes to positive affirmations, you want to write them in the present tense. So you always want to write them in a way that you already have what you want. Mm -hmm. So the types of things that I would say is like, 
I have an unlimited amount of money. Money is attracted to me. I'm the best podcaster in the world. I'm the number one female podcaster in the world. I'm really amazing at being a host. Like you could just riff. Like it doesn't need to be like written down. It's just like Mm -hmm. always say what you want. I have a million dollars in the bank account. Money flows effortlessly into my life. Life is abundant. You know, I'm beautiful. You know, I'm the prettiest girl in the world. Like this is the kind of stuff that I would tell myself. And it, and it just, it makes you feel like a lot of this stuff is like just the energy that you have inside. If I feel ugly and like shit, I look ugly on camera. When I feel beautiful, I look beautiful. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's, it's weird, but it's true. You know, you just like project this, this energy. And so, um, Now, like I said, like all of these things, I've been doing them since I was so young. It's just ingrained in me. Like I truly, I just want, I just know that I'm confident. Um, Another trick uh, that you can use is all my passwords on my computers are always like positive things. So like, for instance, before my podcast was huge, it would be like top podcast, like number one. I I love that. (laughs) Or like there was a time in my life where I needed more patience. And so like my passwords were always like patience 100, like, you know, it's like just doing stuff like that. So that like every time you type it, you have to be like, oh yeah, I'm a top podcast. Like, you know what I mean? So, so I always do that too. I I think that that's an amazing strategy because you probably have your password as you know your dog's name or whatever right but switching it up to something that you're striving for or looking to achieve and you're doing on a daily basis that's key uh my my tip is i i have it on my phone so it's on my home screen and i do i am happy and grateful that right present tense and i have it all there we're on our phones every day so if you see it all the times you open and close your phone it just becomes you yeah or you can, you know, schedule time on your calendar, 10 minutes in the middle of the day to do your affirmations, do them straight in the morning. There's also like different podcasts that are like just affirmations, you know, yeah. and you can just listen to them and just make that part of your routine. The main point of what we're talking about is that you need to start retraining your brain, right? Mm-hmm. You need to make it so that subconsciously you believe those things. So that's why I'm I'm here saying I don't really do this anymore. It's because subconsciously I've already trained my brain. Yeah. And so it's like, I don't need to do it anymore because I just think positively about myself. I don't have like really too much negative self-talk. Even if somebody's negative to me, it literally just like bounces off me. And I'm like, Haha, like uh, you can't break me down. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's exactly. just, I just can't be broken down. You just juke it. It's just strong, like, nope. You know? <laughs> Yeah. So it's like that. It's like you have to retrain your brain. And so it's going to take some time. But then over time, it'll just be second nature. And it will just be part of who you are. Yeah. I mean, I, I want to go to the meaningful relations point. But my la- the last thing that I want to say on here is what you mentioned about the negativity. I don't know. It's not you're probably very similar in this vein. Like I will be an out. I'll be with friends. And if someone has a negative vibe, like I will leave the conversation. I'm like, I don't have any time for this whatsoever. Everyone in our circle is all positive. Yeah, there's going to be obstacles and struggles and we'll talk through it. But pure negativity, I do not stand for because that is energy I don't want to acquire. I don't know if you're the same, but I literally leave conversations like, Morgan, where'd you go? It's like negative vibes. I'm, that's not me. No, yeah, same thing. And, and also, you only get the frequency that you put out, right? So oh, yep. if you're 
if you have like a very positive frequency, it's very rare that someone's going to like approach you super negatively, except there are people who are just so sick and so broken and all they spew is negativity. I can't, I can't deal with those kind of people. I just, I just kind of like gracefully make sure that I'm not around them as much yeah, as possible. Exactly. And it could be your family. It could be like, there's plenty of people who are negative. Yep. I can't take it. Like uh, I have a family member. I'm not going to say who it is. <laughs> I love them. But like, Sometimes I'll have like before this Matthew McConaughey interview, 10 minutes before came home and was like, just so negative and like had a bad day and blah, blah. And I was like, dude, I'm about to interview Matthew McConaughey. Like you got to chill out, like positive vibes only. I'm out. Have a good day. Like do not ruin my vibe. Like a hundred percent. Yeah. So that's all that is so real you got to get the negative vibes out there especially you're doing a high quality interview like that like i need all the positive energy i can get exactly please (laughs) not ruin my aura i can't even take anybody like vacuuming right before i have an interview because i'm like stop clouding my environment (laughs) facts so meaningful relationships right so we've talked about family relationships friends close people in our lives saying hey don't do that. I don't know if it's safe for you, but you know it is. So Clubhouse is something you mentioned. We'll definitely dive into that. But for you, and I struggle with this too, is making sure to maintain meaningful relationships because the schedule is so crazy that yeah. you just forget. So how do you go about that? Yeah, there's a lot of things that you can do. And honestly, if there's one thing I need to work on, it's this. Like if I could just be honest with everyone, I've been so busy that, you know, I think a lot of my, especially like my childhood friends feel like I've been like neglecting them the last two years. You know, I try my best though. I try my best, but like a lot of my childhood friends, definitely, I feel like they hang out a lot more without me because I'm just so busy all the time now. Mm. And, you know, but it is what it is. It's part of growing up. Um, in terms of like what I do to make sure to stay connected with people, first of all, something that you need to realize is that your network is an insurance policy, right? So if something happens in your life and you lose your job, um, if you have a strong network, that's your insurance policy to get another job. And it is very important to keep your network warm. A lot of people think that like they went to a conference, they met Gary Vee, like, or like they met some CEO and they're like, oh yeah, like I know that CEO. It's like, no, if you didn't follow up with that person, you met them one time three years ago, like you don't know that person and that person's not going to help you. That is not a contact of yours. That's no. somebody that you took a picture with three years ago, right? And they don't so, probably remember it. They probably don't even remember <laughs> you. So it's like, you can't expect like, like just acquaintances to help you. You need to proactively, uh, you know, be available for those people. So what I recommend is that write down 20 to 30 people who you feel could positively impact your life in the future, whether it's someone who might have connections in an industry that you want to get into or somebody who owns a company that you think you might want to work for in the future or somebody who's just like a mentor type of a person and you you want to make sure that you come in contact with then also write down family friends that you want to come and like stay in contact with. And let's say your list is like 40 or 50 people. That's a good size, right? Then I would strategically make sure that at least twice a year, you reach out to those people and you even put it in your calendar. You can break it up and maybe rotate every month who you reach out to. But if you do that and you have no agenda and you reach out to those people and you say, hey, what's up? It's Hala. Just want to check in and wish you a Merry Christmas. 
and hope your family is well. And then, hey, I just want to check in. I know it's COVID. Hope you're staying safe. Stay blessed. Like super simple, just touch points, right? Mm -hmm. Some people, you know, you might, you might up, like maybe it's not just communication two times a year. Maybe it's physically hanging out with them at least four times a year, you know, depending mm-hmm. on, on the level. And I would like basically prioritize the people in your life. So at the top is your spouse. And maybe the, maybe the priority is date every week. Like, you know what I mean? It's very yeah. frequent. And then the frequency gets less and less as you go down. Right. But then you have like 50 contacts who are your network, your warm network that you can ask favors of. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's super important. Um, the other thing I'll say with your network is that you never want to hoard your network. Mm. One of the biggest lessons that I learned in my life and one of the reasons why I'm so successful now is because I don't hoard my network. I never think, oh, I'm going to keep the Jordan Harbinger is my mentor. I'm going to keep him all to myself. Nobody else can know Jordan Harbinger. And it's like, no, that's that's not how you grow. Yeah, makes no that's, sense. <laughs> yeah, like you want to expand your network and you do that by introducing your contacts to each other. So in addition to writing this list of 50 people and, and determining like what level of interaction you're going to have with each person in a year and then literally scheduling those things and making it a point to commit to those activities. The other thing that you can do is essentially... Um, where was I going with this? Oh, is essentially introduce your contacts to each other. So if there is, um, for example, I have a network of podcasters. And so I have 50 podcasters who are my friends and I introduce them all together. Now we're in a community. Now all my friends know each other and I'm like the glue for this whole group. And it just makes me more powerful and influential because I'm the glue that put everybody together. And it's yep. like, how can you be the glue between some other relationships? It only makes your relationship stronger. And not to mention, they're going to think about you the next time there's an opportunity for you because they'll remember like, oh yeah, Holly gave me this opportunity. Why don't I you know, go ahead and give her this opportunity now? So I'm always introducing people to each other. If somebody, if I think like two people have good synergies, I introduce them to each other. And mm-hmm. that's a way to expand your network and to really like just start to make sure that you have this insurance, which is your network. So I've never heard it put that way. I mean, the classic quote is your network is your net worth. Everyone's heard that, but the network is your insurance policy. That is a completely different concept that I hope everyone wrote down the tactics that just did. Cause I personally need a better job of that. I like how you said the 20, to at least 50 people doing two things, you know, Merry Christmas could be Thanksgiving, right? Depending on what holidays you celebrate could be their birthday. It could be something random. I think or that's even really just sharing a news article, right? Hey, yeah. I like maybe, yeah, maybe one, like just so that you're not, cause like, you know, when you only say stuff during holidays, it could get clouded because that person's getting a hundred messages on the holidays. Sure. It will mean a lot more if like randomly you're like, hey, I saw this news article. I thought you may be interested. Hope you're well. Like that's how you keep connections warm. It's like, it's just like random. I don't have an agenda. Here's some value. Have a good day. Or here's, I think this person would be a good person for you to get in contact with. Do you want me to make an introduction? And like those types of things all throughout the year. Then if you lose your job and you're like, hey man, I really need a recommendation. Do you think you you could introduce me to X, Y, Z? Sure. Why not? You've been so great to me the last couple of years. I'd love to help you. Out. Like, you're such a great person. No problem. 
And follow up on that. So within the list of people you have, are you replacing those people and adding people as part of it? Yeah, it changes all the time. It really depends. Some people you feel like, okay, well, this person I'm not really connected with, or this person doesn't have the same values as me anymore. Um, and you can always like evolve your list. But I would say for the most part, you might be adding to that list as you meet new people and as yeah. you have keep expanding your network. And then you've got to dedicate more and more time. The last thing I'll say about this is you want to dig the well before you're thirsty. This is something that Jordan Harbinger taught me. When it comes to your network, you want to dig the well before you're thirsty. So before you lose your job, before you know you get laid off from COVID, before you get sick and have a disability or whatever it is, yeah, have a strong network and, and prune your network so that they're there to help you because it's people who will get you your next job. It's people who will get you your next opportunity. If you just want to be a resume lost in the sea, like good luck, like it's hard. So uh, that's my advice to everyone here. So you have the personal relationships that you're keeping tabs on. That's the inner circle. You have a professional relationships that could be colleagues. You've mentioned mentors. There's a lot of people listening in. They're looking for a mentor. Maybe you're looking for new ones. How do you go about that? Asking for someone to be your mentor without being annoying. Yeah, I never ask for anyone to be my mentor. Okay. All my mentors, I've worked for free for them. So let's give Jordan Harbinger as an example. So if you guys don't know who he is, he's he was on The Art of Charm. He's like the OG podcaster, been doing it since like 2008 or something. He's got like the number one show. Somebody I highly look up to, very, very respected in the podcast world. And I really wanted to know all of his secrets. And so first thing I did was invite him on my show, right? Step number yep. one, give yep. him something and just like, here's some promotion, please come on my show. Second thing I did is I tried to get some of my guests that I thought were a good fit on his show. I had this ex-FBI agent, Dr. Jack Schaefer. And I was like, let me introduce them because uh, I think he'll be really relevant for Jordan's show. And he appreciated that. Secondly, I would be getting featured on blogs and things like that. So I started to feature Jordan. And then I would I would like mention that Jordan's my favorite podcaster or Jordan's the podcaster I look up to. And I did posts about that even. And so I would tag him and he would see that I'm like giving him all this free promotion. I put him in a Podacy blog and he got in Podcast Magazine recently because I said he was my favorite podcaster, right? So then I would touch base with him and be like, hey, I just put you in this blog. I hope you like it, you know? And he was like, okay, this holla girl is not going away right like, <laughs> he's like, like what's what yeah. she doing i gotta talk to her <laughs> yeah so then you know one thing led to another and i started i don't remember how it happened but um i had i have a big client right and so i got him on my client's show and he ended up working with my client and um one thing led to another and i started writing ads for jordan and mm -hmm. for free i started writing he was like holla i suck at writing uh, I think you're really good at this, according to Jason and like the other clients that I've heard you work with. Could you write my ad copy for me? My guy is like sick right now and I don't want to ask him, uh, do you mind doing this? It's a really short turnaround. I know it's like, it was like around New Year's. I'm really sorry I'm doing this to you, but like, could you help me out? And I was like, sure. So I knocked that out of the park. He was like, wow, this is so good, blah, blah, blah. And now we're doing business together. We're like literally have a little side project that we're working on in terms of uh, selling ads to other big podcasters. And so we teamed up and now I can text him, call him, invite him wherever I want. It's like we're friends and business partners because I proactively and with no agenda just kept 
letting him know that, hey, I respect you. Hey, I respect you. Hey, I respect you. Hey, I respect you. Like, you know, and, and then he was like, with okay. context, with context, right? It's yeah. not just saying, hey, I respect you randomly. It's like, no, there's reasons behind it. Yeah, like this is like I if you are going to take anybody on as your person under your wing, let me prove to you that I'm the one for you to spend your time on, because I'm sure he gets so many people who approach him in the same way. But I don't think many people have like given him so much free promotion or like done work for him. And just like I didn't ask for anything in return. Like, you know, I still haven't really asked for anything in return and just Mm -hmm. turned into a relationship and he's teaching me things. And that's that. And that's how I've gotten all my mentors. Uh, Heather Monahan is another one of my mentors. And I started doing social media for her basically for free. Um, Then it turned into her paying me. But like at first it was me showing her how I do everything and giving her insights that she didn't know and like teaching her. So as a mentor, you actually sometimes need to be the teacher at first I need to provide the value at first and then you can be, you know, then you can ask for the value. So I think interning for free is so undervalued. A lot of kids out there now, like really don't understand the value of doing some free work. Cause for me and like, you know, I have so many people who, who get paid under me and also work for free under me. And I don't feel guilty one bit about anybody who works for free for me because I know I'm teaching them things that they would have to pay money to learn and I'm setting them up for the rest of their lives. And personally, I interned so many times in my, I interned at Hot 97 for free for three years yeah. and interned many times after that. Like it's part of the game, you know? And if you really want to make a good impression and meet those powerful people, you better be willing to put in some free work at least for the first year, you know? And, and then yeah. it gets different, but you got to pay your dues. It's, it's understanding that the people that you're reaching out to that could potentially be the mentor that they have the leverage at the end of the day, right? So it's like, all right, they have the leverage. So what can I bring? Just like you said, social media, maybe it's an insight. Uh, One of my mentors, I guided him through Patreon. I was like, and he had no idea what it was. I was like, dude, you need to get on this. Like, this is right for your audience. And now he's killing it. I think those are things that we collectively just might forget about. It's like, oh yeah, I want to meet with this person. Cool. But what can you do that could possibly be for free to give them value? So then they're like, okay, I want to learn more from this person. And it becomes a mutual conversation and also a mutual benefit. Completely. Yeah. And so as we get towards the end of this interview on the meaningful relationships, we talked about a lot and making sure that your network is an insurance policy, 20 to 50 people you have on a spreadsheet, mix of people that are personal, professional, making sure you're providing value. We talked about mentors, Clubhouse. Hala, what is your take on Clubhouse right now? And why is it so impactful for you? Oh my gosh, I'm all in on Clubhouse. I think one of the reasons why I finally bit the bullet to quit my job is because I needed more time for Clubhouse. (laughs) It's addicting. You could be on there for like five hours and you're like... I swear, I was like, oh my gosh, this new app, I gotta go. Like, I I gotta go. I gotta... (laughs) There's too much opportunity here. So I already have 2,000 followers on Clubhouse, which isn't a whole ton. There's some people who already have like 50,000 or whatever, but I'm not spending every single waking moment of my life on there. I don't have that luxury, but I think Clubhouse is the future of podcasting. I'm really worried for this space because I think a lot of people are spending time on Clubhouse. I'm trying to mitigate that by uh, basically I'm I'm using some of the principles that we talked about today. I'm introducing my network to each other, some of the past guests that came on Yap. And then I'm inviting them to Clubhouse for these like masterclass panel sessions. And then I'm going to record it and put it up on the podcast. So I'm trying to figure out ways to like merge the two and make them both Mm -hmm. work with each other. 
Um, and I'm also trying to make sure that, you know, if this really does disrupt podcasting, that I'm right there in the middle of it and that I, I wasn't left behind. So uh, doing like events two, three times a week, minimum doing podcast hours for up and coming podcasters. I, I'm like kind of like a, a podcast guru in this space. A lot of people look up to me for podcasting. So trying to give back, help out other podcasters, do office hours. And then, like I said, those like masterclass sessions that's yeah. more broad uh, so that I can throw them up on the podcast. But I love Clubhouse. It's so much fun. Um, and I think there's a lot of opportunity there. There's a ton. And the reason it's so important for meaningful, meaningful relationships is professional and personal. Like personally, I've gone in rooms where I'm like, this is an interesting topic. I don't really know a lot of people in here, but you gain a lot of insight and you just start chopping it up with people and you're like, wow, like we have some pretty common things that we like. Right. And then also yeah. on the other end, professionally, you know, just like in your space and my space for the sales development world, you know, people look at me as the same thing. So I'm able to really connect with my community in a completely different way. It's yeah. not just that LinkedIn post that they see or a video, like they can have a live conversation. And I've gotten closer with people that I've been connected with for years. And we have two to three clubhouse conversations. And now we're going on Zooms more, we're texting. And I just think it creates a whole different environment because totally. you're not in the Zoom fatigue. It's audio. I can walk, right? It goes back to what we talked about. I can work out and still be in the room providing value and building relationships. Yeah, I love it. I love the fact that you can multitask. You hit the nail on the head. It really just like unlocks all this like random time. I'll be curling my hair, getting ready for an interview and I can yeah. hop on Clubhouse and like, you know, have some fun. So it's just, it's really cool that it's so like, Lacks, you know. I know Instagram's coming out with like video rooms, but like I'm not interested in that. Like that's no. too much work. Like I don't want to have to always look perfect and 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 be sitting down, like you said. Like I want to be moving around, doing what I got to do, and then if I have value, unmute myself and hop on. You know. So I think audio. It just also reaffirms the fact that audio is so powerful. Like as humans, like we love listening. Like we do, we love to just listen. And I think we love listening more than watching even. And so uh, it also reaffirms how powerful audio is. Yeah, that's the biggest takeaway is more people start getting on the platform, creates that frictionless aspect. And it, like you said, it's going to be something that is going to change, I think, people's perception on building relationships because they won't have to go in person if they don't want to we can hop on clubhouse have a conversation and we're set yes yeah, completely 100 percent. so as we wrap up I mean, there's so many things that we had talked about and Paula, what is your personal one-up formula every we talked about a lot of different other things it, pro it might be sleep here but what is the one thing that you do from a personal one-up formula standpoint that no one else knows about the one thing that I do that no one else knows about. That helps you be successful. That helps me be successful. Sheesh. Let me think. Let me think. The one thing that I do that, that nobody else knows. Well, here's the thing. I'm an open book. So yeah. there's not many things that people don't <laughs> know about me. Like I just like put it all, all on the table. So I don't think there's anything that nobody knows because on my podcast, especially I'm very transparent. Mm -hmm. But I think... If I have, if I could leave the audience with one piece of advice, it would be that, again, it goes back to what I said before. You have to believe that life is limitless. Like you have to truly believe that 
you can reach your full potential and you have to know what that like what you hope that endpoint will be it always evolves but you know you have to have some inkling of what that endpoint is write it down and you have to truly believe that it's possible and that life is limitless because if you believe that there's limitations you will find every excuse in the book not to follow your dreams you're going to listen to that bad advice you're going to see all the wrong signs and and go down the wrong path right and so if you truly believe that life is limitless if you know what your goals are and you write them down and you believe in them, then you will start to see opportunities that you were blind to before. You know, I think a lot of success is about jumping in, like jumping to the opportunities that, you know, they flash in and out and you can miss your opportunity, right? And so a lot of success is, is knowing those opportunities and taking that risk and, and really believing that it's possible and not even thinking twice about it. The more that you think and think and think, the less likely you're going to make the right decision because already you're going against your gut because you didn't go with your true feeling on it. Yep. And so you need to be super clear on what you want and you need to actually believe that life is limitless. And if you don't believe that, and if you if you listen to me and you're like, oh, this holla girl, life is limitless. She's in la la land. Like you have a lot of internal work to do. That's you, not me. Life is limitless. There's a lot of people achieving their dreams right now and they're not any different than you. They're human. They have the same 24 hours in the day. They're just like you. And so your beliefs are dictating your life. And if you don't believe that life is limitless and you believe that there are limitations, like that's your problem and you need to do internal work to fix that. And so you need to figure out how you can fix that because that's why you're not succeeding. Yeah. I mean, the mic drop. Right there. <laughs> I mean, we, everything we talked about in this episode will help you get to that limitless mindset. And that's why we have the podcast. So, Hala, thanks so much for coming on. Anything that you're working on that you want to mention to the audience? And where can they find you? Yeah, I think for everyone tuning in, if you like this kind of uh, topic, you should definitely check out Young and Profiting Podcast. We are in January. We were the number one trending education podcast across all apps. I've interviewed people like Ryan Serhant, Robert Green, Seth Godin, Mark Manson, Matthew McConaughey is coming out on Monday. So I would love for you guys to check out Young and Profiting Podcast. You can find us everywhere. Apple, YouTube, CastBox, Overcast, uh, wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. I think that's the best place. And and then if you want to catch up with me, you can find me on LinkedIn, Halataha. I'm also on Clubhouse at Halataha and Instagram at Yap with Hala. Thanks so much, Morgan. Awesome. Hala, thanks so much for coming on. And as I always say, guys, let's go out and one up and talk to y'all soon. <laughs>